Bethel World Outreach Church. Reaching a city to touch the world. So, I would normally have you read the text, but for time I'm not going to. But I want to help you understand that um, we're going to Ephesians chapter 1. And all this month you can read... Uh, the book of Ephesians because we will not be departing from the book of Ephesians. So if you want a contextualization of what's going on, whatever we don't hit now, we'll kind of get to it, pick it up, you know, here and there. But you can be reading that particular book. When it comes to family, you know, I I have noticed that um, it's hard to have what you don't see. And I believe what has happened in society is the breakdown in, in media and the things that are prominent in terms of what a family really is has is taken such a big hit that nobody even knows what they should desire. So young people are not wanting to get married or people are saying I'll stay they single or the average person, you might be in here today, I'm not condemning you, but I am challenging you, it wouldn't rather cohabitate. Um, um, because of uh, the brokenness in the family, there is a loss of what is a man, what is a woman. I never thought I would have to say that in church, but, but I do. And that is not meant to be something that is, that is uh, overwhelming and harsh. So you have all of these, you know, different components that have torn down God's original thought for family. And so where do you reconcile it all? You reconcile it all in Christ. This is what the Ephesians 1 uh, is talking about. What happens in Christ? Well, the only reason that family has broken down, your natural family has broken down, is sin. That means there's an idea about life that is independent of God's idea for your life. And he's in, and this is constant competition, what he wants versus what you want. In fact, I believe one of the things that blinds our mind from seeing Jesus Christ and accepting him as Lord is the fact that you have to conform. It, you, you receive the gospel free, but then you're in a transformational process where he begins to sanctify you and teach you how to live a certain way. And that becomes overwhelming and daunting for a lot of people. But in Ephesians, you're going to see some of the benefits that happen once you start emphasizing the word spiritual family. Now, this is a unique thing. Um, uh, I love the scripture says, better is a friend near you than a blood brother far away. Isn't that funny? Is that you may currently have more deep relationships and alliances with people who are not your blood. And yet, There's something psychologically that tells you your blood connections are the deepest connections, but I believe people, for instance, who are adopted, and you actually chose a child, they have a deep connection. That's deep. You were chosen in love. We're adopted into the family of God. In Christ is a theme throughout Ephesians 1. This is what you get in Christ. You're pre, it talks about being predestined and, and being given all spiritual blessings. It talks about the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man all at the same time, that we're responding by saying yes to the truth of the gospel. This is, I'm giving you an overview of Ephesians quickly. So what is that? But it's all pointing to you are a spiritual family. It, the, the, our, our membership class used to be called spiritual family, 
spiritual foundation, spiritual family. Because we wanted you to understand that this is not something that's like optional or, or something we came up with, as, with a church gimmick. It's a biblical concept. Now, when you are in a spiritual family, there are certain benefits you get that you don't get when you're outside of the family. There are certain things that you have access to. There are certain ways you behave. There's, there, 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 there are certain promises of God that, that, that come, come to you. So in this We Are Family series, it's going to seem as if I'm going to focus inside the church more than our responsibilities outside of the church. Our responsibilities outside don't change, but if, you know, charity starts at home. People, okay, look, look at the first, verse 15 is going to prove the point I want you to make, I, I want to make. Verse 15, if he's, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and toward the saints. So, so, so this, this, is, this is, and your love toward the saints. Look at this. In Jesus, in Christ, once you have an identity in Christ, it's based on your faith in him. And this connotation is not just faith in him, but faithfulness to him. This is what it's saying. It's saying, and your love toward the saints. One of the indications that you're in the faith is how you love one another. It's hard to boast of of your relationship vertically with God and have a volume of fractured relationships. It's like people who do shootings and say they did it in the name of God or they did it for the love of God or to display the justice of God. And how does the love of God dwell in you? He said, love works no ill or no harm to its neighbor. So, so see, so in the 16th verse, I do not cease, here's one of the benefits of being in this family. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. This is powerful. This is powerful. By the way, you're missing verse 17, which I'll need next. This is powerful. Remembering in your prayers. You know what Bethel is? Bethel is a house of prayer. Bethel, leadership, those people in the black church, you know what they do? They pray. All this pastor, pray for you on a regular basis. Paul, the leader of the Ephesian church, or at some point he was the leader of the Ephesian church on his second missionary journey, and then later in his life he's, he's writing this letter back to them after being gone several years, or maybe even a decade. One of the benefits is leaders pray. Shepherds pray. When you're in Christ, someone's praying for the details of your life. And you're going to see this in a second. The details of your life. Don't you, you ever want to know if somebody's praying for you? This morning alone, I had at least five, four or five different intercessors have already texted me what they have been praying for me for. You know how you feel when you get that ping? Ping. My South African intercessor. Ping. My New York intercessor. 
bing, this morning at 6 a.m., you, you just start feeling like, I can change, I can do I, I can do it. I want you to know one of the benefits of being a part of this spiritual family, Bethel, is we're a house of prayer. You are being prayed for on a regular basis. And I invite you during this We Are Family uh, month, I am here at 6 a.m. typically, if I'm in town, praying for six to seven. I invite 100% of all of you to come and pray with me. I invite you on this one up to come and pray with us at 8.30 um, before as a family. We pray, that's what we do. And he says, pray without ceasing. This is one of the benefits. You pray. You know, I, the, the thing about prayer that, it, that I, I notice is that typically prayer that is going to to not be enjoyable sounds like this. Oh Lord. Oh. Oh. You, that's no hope in that prayer. It, you didn't even got words out. You're, just, you're trying to build up to the point where you tell him how bad it is. This Thanksgiving is almost a prophetic announcement in agreement with all of the verses before that says, I'm, I'm thanking God for what he has done for me in salvation. And there's a cognitive connection between uh, of how great that salvation is, that there's a salvation that totally affects every fiber of your life here and in eternity. And their hope is in Christ, your identity in Christ. So you, a, a spiritual family remembers to pray for you. And, and, and what they're praying is a prayer of thanksgiving for what God has already done. It's prophetic. You know how God sees you? He sees you healed. He sees you delivered. He sees you blessed. He sees you free. He sees you. And, and, and so when we realize that God does not waste his time speaking verses to us to hype us up. Jesus is not a hype man trying to, trying to get you to become his spiritual cheerleader and parrot the things you've heard. No, he's trying to convince you that, 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 that the Bible says in the verses before that he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He's given us the guarantee or the endowment of the spirit. He, he's given you surety that whatever I've said to you in here I'll do. And we pray thanksgiving for one another that he's done it. It's amazing what an environment of thankfulness will be. I, I believe the typical disposition in environment is heaviness, weightiness. The typical uh, day we, we're like is, you know, hoping or wondering or wishing or, or, or lumbering around, but prayer is a, a, a declarative thing or a celebratory thing where you thank God that your enemies will be vanquished. You thank God for your health and healing. And he's thanking them that they are not just in Christ, but maintaining a life and a lifestyle with him. I thank God for you, Bethel. Why? Because in a world that is racially charged, 
a world that is full of vitriol and hatred and, and separation on Sunday mornings, we make a declaration here at our church that we're going to be a body of believers together. We're going to be diverse and we're going to fight for diversity. If we don't see enough of other race, we're going to go after those ethnicities because, and I thank God for you. I thank God that you're a part of that fight. And it is a fight of faith. It's a fight of faith. Second thing we pray for, and it's in verse 17, and that is that we can know God more. The prayer here is a continuation of thanksgiving that was already going on, that you can know him intimately. And this is one of the benefits of being in spiritual family, that the God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, the wonderful Father, the magnificent Father. Stop. See, when you're praying and you have a poor view of the Father, you're not going to grow in intimacy with him. When you believe that your father is cruel or harsh or where you've got to make excuses for your father, I know you're making it bad for me, but I mean, I guess. You know, you know he, God is good. In him is light and life. His light, and there's no darkness at all. He's altogether wonderful. And, and this is saying, this, this verse is saying said, that, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, knowledge of him. This is verse is saying, I want to continue basically thanking you for allowing me to get more versions of you, more revelation of you more insight on who you are. And you know how to come, I believe that this the spirit of thanksgiving for what you already have in the family of God produces more intimacy and closeness with God. Debbie's dad used to, used to sing, and now I see that song as a prayer or a boast in, in God the Father's glory, because that glory word also can be wonderful. Or wonder, he's a wonder in my soul. That's what he say. He's a wonder in my soul. He's a wonder in my soul. Bless his name. He's a wonder when I've got problems in my soul. He's a wonder when my kids aren't going the way I think they ought to go. In my soul. He's a wonder in my soul, bless his name. When you can maintain praise for what you have through who he is and the person he's, you're connected to and know you have promises, even though the facts of your life are telling you that things are going bad, you're saying the truth of your life based on the word in Christ is that he's turning it around for my good. All things work together for my good. I know him, the spirit of revelation, so I get wisdom. How do I get wisdom? Through the Spirit, what did the verses before, when you go back and read Ephesians say, that you've been given the guarantee of the Spirit, or the seal of the Spirit, or the endowment of the Spirit. The Spirit's job is to lead us and to guide us into all truth. So why are you still thanking him? Why are you saying he's a wonder? Why are you still praying and grateful for the body of Christ? Because we've got God the Holy Spirit here partnering with us, making our family functional. So we don't get dysfunctional because we have one that will lead us and guide us into the truth. Uh, let me give you a practical example. Y'all weren't excited enough. You know, you ever have that um, situation where 
you and somebody in your family just don't agree, and you don't, <laughs> and you don't know kind of how to solve it, and, and sometimes the disagreement can bring an absolute separation or fracture. The guarantee we have of God the Holy Spirit before you fracture, he leads you into the truth. The truth is, I just want you to forgive him. The truth is, I just want you to love him. Well, well you say, I do love him. And then he gives you a deeper truth. Let me help you get a revelation of not just the wisdom or the structure or the principle of love, but how love is applied. Love is not what you get but it's what you get to give to another human being who does not deserve it. So love is not, I fell in love, I fell out of love. No, you don't fall in love, you don't fall out of love. You bestow love upon another person. So the only thing you did is stop giving the love that you had in your possession. You see, this is what happens when you are in the spiritual family. God, the Holy Spirit, starts leading you into deeper wisdom and revelation. See, the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get, therefore, get, and in all you're getting, get a what? Bible students, great. So, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, and depart from evil is understanding. Okay, keep studying, keep studying, students. I thought I got on the road, I just thought y'all was, you know, in high school. No, I was college, sorry. Okay, look. When you have the wisdom of God leading the Holy Spirit, you know what the Holy Spirit leads you to do? Depart from evil. Evil that tells you to be a talebearer, to, to lie, to be racist, to be, to be um, mean-spirited, to, to profile people. He gets all of that out. This happens in the family of God. It might not happen in your natural family, and that is the weakness of natural family. The natural family is not the same emphasis as spiritual. Even Jesus did this. His natural brother and mother were looking for him, and they were outside, and somebody said to Jesus while he was teaching, he said, um, your mama, your mama, and your brother out there, you know, when your mama calls you, you stop what you're doing and you go see. And his answer was kind of strange. He said, uh, who is my mama? Who is my brother? You are my mama. You're my brothers. You who are in Christ. You who do the will of the Father. You are my family to a deeper degree. How could he say that? Because spiritual family it's not something to be trifled with. When you're a spiritual family, people pray for you to know him more, to know God, to know God, to be intimate with God, to get him revealed to you through his word. All of us want to get closer to God, and dare I say, that is not an activity that happens in isolation. You have to be in the community of believers to get a deeper relationship with God. And there's this thing that says, I'm going, if you're online, God bless you for watching. But there is another step after you start getting a little bit of the wisdom of God. The revelation says, you've got to be physically connected to a group of believers. So whether you come here, if you're in Brentwood, Franklin, Nashville, Hennessville, Gallatin, you come here, or you find a Bible-believing church, 
you need to get into the community of believers. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, and I sense even now, because I've learned that an online audience is big, that you need to get somewhere. And that's our job in your life, to just say, get somewhere. Here, anywhere. You need family. You need family to know him. The next thing, the next verse is exciting. Hold on. See, I'm going slower than I thought. I told you I was going to be a short sermon. I'm about two minutes over there. I think I'm going to do this in another seven, five, five to seven minutes. I'll do fast. Because I don't want to be lying. I don't want to be lying. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Because I don't want to be lying, though. That's going to be short, and then it's not. Because then I'm convicted while I'm up here. <laughs> Thank you. Hey. Have, watch this. He wants you to know your cause. Having eyes of your heart enlightened. Your heart has eyes. There's something that you can behold that affects your solical man. See, we, in Christ, your spiritual man is affected, but he's talking about the, your eyes of your heart being, he's talking about your emotions, your, your will, your, this is where he's going to affect change in you, or, or, or he's going to move you to action or activity. I'm going to prove it, I'm going to prove it, that you may know what is the hope he has called, that he's called you and the riches of the glorious inheritance. Now, I want you to understand this call, I, I won't go to my channel and say, it it's, it's twofold. The overall context would be your call within a family and the inheritance that comes on earth and in, in, in the afterlife from being in that family, but it's also a call to your place within the family. But your stewardship in the family. To call, it means to take responsibility for something. Here it is. Here's what I'm praying for you. When you're in a spiritual family, someone prays that you would say yes to your calling. If you are currently inactive within your home, within your calling, what's going on is you're assigned to deliver a gift the function of a kidney, the function of a lung or a vein or, or a finger or an eye. You're, you're, you're assigned to bring a function that someone, when you don't bring that function, somebody just doesn't get it. I'm going to give you an example that will bring severe conviction. It brings conviction to me. And it was, but this is the example the Lord gave me. And I said, if I was up here and it came back to me, I would just give it. We have several special needs families in our church and have been for decades. But if you add up the number of times they've actually been able to come to worship per year, I think it may be two to four times. Because the weight they carry with a special needs child or many brings limited places that they can go. If we believe Christ died for the whole world, then he died for those in need as well those with mental illnesses, those with different things. He died. And so if God has them with us and he's not made them whole yet, it's still our responsibility to care for them. Amen. And we're still believing for them to be made whole and be made better, but their healing is, is progressive. So when I find out there's no 
one or there's only one or two people that will volunteer for that area, that means someone that would be affected in worship or be impacted by the body of believers can't participate. Where are you called? We make our calling so grand, you can't, until you do the basic, you're not gonna do the big. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, somebody, you need to walk past those tables when you go out. You need to hear the, God, the Holy Spirit, the one, the one who's giving you everything. He, you, the person who's asking you to do something is the, the same person who just gave you eternal life, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He's not trying to take from you. He's trying to get you to participate in something that will turn around and bless you. All the men in this church have to stand up. As men go, and there's the, in, within our gender, and our responsibility as a, uh, as to, to lead, when you go, your whole family goes. If you don't do anything, they'll do nothing. We all volunteer. Kids volunteer. Everybody volunteer. Now watch this. When I started in this church, sometimes we want to get to the glorious inheritance, but we don't want to get to the basic participation. 16 years ago, my genesis point in this church was to do the spiritual family class, the spiritual foundations, to, to let somebody, that's just, we call it connect class, that's just so somebody can check that you're in Christ and that you're in this family. And then you get an assignment. Some father figures, some leaders, mother figures have got to place you somewhere for safety and safekeeping and care. Mine, I was placed in the parking lot. And in, in our base nature, we think that's not a real grand job. But serving God's body in any way is a very grand job. In any way, if you're the staple person, you count. And if I would have taken that job, I don't, I don't, I don't, please hear what I'm saying and not saying. All of the things I'm doing now, all of that potential and all of that anointing was in me then. But it doesn't come out until you do the small stuff. Don't try to jump to going to the world. I want to go to the world. I want to reach everybody. And you don't say, you don't reach any, you're not even down here to pray for the lost. This is an equipping center. We've got BSD classes started to get you ready. We got um, BLI classes to get you trained them in. You have to, to participate. This is how you grow. How do you grow? No grow go. It's through service. I didn't know I would be the senior pastor of this church. I didn't know. But you know what? I venture to say maybe it would have been a severe delay, potentially not happen, if I just didn't start in the place serving the body where Jesus told me to serve. You know, I think about, you know, a lot of people, Bryson, Rachel, come to the church. All they were doing was serving. They didn't know. He didn't never dream. You talk to Bryson. He didn't dream he was going to be here. But that's not just me or some leaders. That's you. Fan your gift in the flame. And the final thing, I don't even have time for this point. Stand your feet. I'll, I'll preach it as you stand. In verse 19, 
And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great power? I'll read verse 22. That he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Heavenly Father. In other words, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Somebody's praying that you know his power. And I know that the enemy has these things over your head that tell you all the stuff you can't do. You can't do that because you're a sin. Let me say, if you've got sin and iniquity in your life, this is going to shock you. And you're in Christ. It don't disqualify you from your position. It just means you need to repent, be washed so you can do it. The gifts and the calling is without repentance. When you have sin, it's just, it, just, it, just, it just weighs you down and causes you not to be as effective, but the gift doesn't change. You can actually use your gift in sin, but you'll, you'll crumble your own soul. He has power to deliver you, power to raise you up. When you're in this house, he has power to give your, you time back. You give him time, he multiplies that time back to you. Well, I don't have time to do it. You don't, have not, you, don't, you don't have time not to sow so you can reap. I beg you to never graduate out of what causes you to grow, which is service. When you walk out of here, the altar call is not in here today. I'm going to pray and dismiss you. You need prayer. Anybody with a black t-shirt on or a lanyard, they can pray for you. But then the altar call today is in the house. For us to be a family of believers together, I'm praying that we would know God, that we would know our calling and our place in the family, and that we would know his power to get, if we did this, what kind of church would we be? What kind of force would we be? Let's move as one man, one, one, one unit. We all love the same. The Bible says the people on the outside know we're disciples and they know that God loves them based on how we love one another. So when you hear me as a pastor saying, go out and eat with each other, go out there and serve, I ask you, I pray for you not to dismiss my voice. For I'm a servant of the Most High God. I've not been assigned to manipulate you or rule over you but to gently lead you in the things that myself and all of these leaders have done. Please follow our way. Yes, on Sunday, I put, I, I, uh, put some clamps on your time and say walk slowly through the lobby. Walk slowly amongst each other. Take a little bit more time. Yes, that's your assignment. Lord, I pray as we leave this place. Yeah, glory to God. I just sense the presence of God. Just, would you lift your hands? God is just doing a fresh work on the heart. That word wasn't sent to make you feel bad about yourself. If you've watched this message and you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, I've got good news. You can do it right now. I want you to pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life for the rest of my life. I acknowledge I am a sinner. I need you, my Savior. I believe you died for me. I believe you were raised from the dead on the third day. And I confess that you are now Lord of my life. If you've just prayed that prayer, I have good news for you. You have eternal life. The next step for you is to get in a Bible-believing church 
We volunteer to be that church. But if not us, we pray God's blessings on you as you search for God's best for you. Thank you.